evening and welcome to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm Irving Joyner. And I'm April Dawson. We're law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law and the Virtual Justice Project. We thank you for joining us this evening. In 1939, the North Carolina General Assembly chartered the law school at the then North Carolina College. The purpose of establishing this institution was to prevent the enrollment of African-Americans at the University of North Carolina School of Law. The intended purpose for this law school did not define nor limit its missions and goals. Early graduates of this law school immediately began successful attacks on racial segregation, discrimination, and the unequal application of the law, as well as providing access to legal services in many towns and cities where this advice and representation were previously unavailable. Since its birth, this law school has produced some of the top legal minds, civil rights leaders, activists, judges, legislators, and practitioners in this state and country. 80 years later, this law school continues to operate as a gateway for students from many backgrounds to become versed in the law and to enter the legal profession to serve those who are in need of legal advice and services. Along this historic law school journey, this institution became one of the most diverse, gender-friendly, and opportunity-directed law schools in the United States. And we are extremely proud of that success and of our graduates. We were able to make lemonade out of the lemons which we were given and provided with the opportunity to prepare a progressive cadre of individuals to enter into the practice of law. The study of law prepares a person to know and understand how to apply the law to resolve everyday legal problems. This process consumes three years of dedicated study and many rigorous examinations which are designed to prepare the student to obtain a license to practice. To obtain a license, applicants must take and pass a strenuous two-day long bar examination before they can practice law in North Carolina or in any other state. In its most recent year, more than 130 students graduated from this law school and the vast majority of them chose to apply to the North Carolina Bar for the opportunity to obtain a license to practice. That process has concluded and we are proud to recognize and honor those who were successful in crossing that hurdle. Three of them are joining with us tonight to discuss the trials and tribulations which they endured to become licensed attorneys in North Carolina. So joining us for this discussion, are attorney Ashley Mitchell, Allison Newton, and Cameron Red. Thank you all very much for uh, joining with us for this discussion. Thank you for having us. Yes, Thank you great. so much. 
I'm glad to be here. Well, first of all, congratulations on uh, crossing the burning sands. <laughs> and uh, now to have reached one step in this long journey that you've uh, sought after for such a long time. So to start us out, I'm just going to ask each of you to kind of describe what, what, what are your feelings now that uh, you have uh, finally passed the bar and become licensed to practice law in this uh, in this state. So let's start with uh, with Attorney Mitchell. Um, I feel in a way free. <laughs> um, all of the days of studying, long nights of studying, um, all of that is over, and it's just like it's a. It feels like a weight has been lifted um, off off of my shoulders. Um, I sort of feel like, well, what now? Um, all throughout life, you know, all throughout school, you're going through school trying to, you know, reach certain goals and reaching the goal of, you know, going to law school and reaching the goal of, of taking the bar and passing the bar. So now it's like, what now? What do I do now? <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel free. Very, very free. Okay. Attorney Newton. For me, I guess it's kind of like, uh, well, one, a lot of relief. Uh, I had a lot of anxiety going into the exam just uh, I guess about the test in itself and about COVID, but getting past that, I feel really relieved that I'm done. And now it's kind of like getting to the top of the mountain. And now you can kind of like look out and see all the things that you once could, could not see before, but now it's kind of like, where do you go from here? So kind of like Ashley, there's a lot of curiosity, like what can I do next? And then I guess there's a lot of discovery left to do because up until this point, I have been a student most of my time uh, in life. So now it's choosing a different path or figuring out what my career exactly will look like without being a student. Okay, Mr. Red. I'm sorry, Attorney Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankful is one a great feeling that I have. Thankful just for the support because uh, like uh, everyone else was saying, there was long nights and long days, a lot of prayer, a lot of focus that went into it. But Attorney Newton had said she was looking out over the mountaintop. But reaching this point, we get to fulfill our dreams of what brought us to law school, what got us through those long nights. And just charting that course and continuing to learn from those more experienced attorneys as we grow. Well, you know, you, you, you talk about where you, where you are now and the fact that uh, you're at the, uh, the top of the mountain or just at the top of the hill. Uh, because every uh, ending creates a uh, new beginning. Uh, and uh, as for the practice of law, you are always, you're all uh, entering at the beginning of the process. But to help our audience, can you talk a little bit about where you started from? You know, some background information on, uh, on who you are and uh, why is it that uh, you decided that you wanted to... Uh, take this uh, three-year journey in uh, an effort to uh, to become an attorney in this uh, in this state. So again, why don't we just start with, uh, with Attorney Mitchell. Um, what began my journey, I believe, was the question, correct? Yes. Where are you? Okay. What prompted you uh, to uh, end up at the, uh, law, the law school and why uh, did you want to become a lawyer? Um, I am from Elizabeth City, North Carolina, super small town. Um, grew up with pretty much everyone. Everyone was equal. Um, I went to St. County High School. 
um, very diverse um, in terms of the classrooms. Um, and honestly, what perked my interest in law was the Trayvon Martin case. Um, Trayvon Martin was the same age, literally less than a month um, apart from myself. Um, and I remember when that case hit the news, like I said, personally, from my own experience, I never really experienced racism or being discriminated against, at least not that I was aware of um, before that case. Um, and it made me realize, wow, this type of thing still exists. I had heard of Emmett Till and, you know, heard of the civil rights movement and all of these things. And I thought, well, we have gotten past this. But I believe in 2012, when the Trayvon Martin case happened, it was an eye opener for me personally. Um, and I remember when the not guilty verdict was given, um, I was like, wow, what can I do as an individual to um, help in situations where this arises again? Um, and the only thing I could think of was to be an attorney so I could represent um, a individual when this type of thing happened. Um, and that's honestly what, what made me start to get the wheels turning of how do I become an attorney? Um, what are the processes I got to do? Well, I have to go to college. I have to get into somewhere good so that way I can become this attorney. Um, that's what sparked it. I left from Paso Tank and I went to Wake Forest. Um, after Wake Forest, that also perked my, oh, wow, there is a lot of racism and discrimination and things going on, even on such a, um, right here in North Carolina, um, which made me want to go to Central. Um, Central was my one and only choice. Um, it's where I'm extremely happy that I went. I felt at home um, due to the professors, the students, everything. Um, it made me feel welcome. Um, I'm trying to make sure I answered all the questions. <laughs> but that was that was my peak of wanting to be an attorney was the Trayvon Martin case. That, that made me gear up and say, I'm ready to fight this battle of injustice. And here I am. I'm ready to start this battle, hopefully, with, with the with now. <laughs> Tony Newton. Okay, so for me, well, I'm a native of Raleigh, so I didn't actually think I would go to law school when I was in college. I studied sport business. So that means I wanted to do professional sports and I wanted to work there. And I went to UNC for that very purpose because I thought it would be a great avenue to get involved with professional basketball and football and and connect with people who could really put me ahead quicker than I could by myself. And so after graduating, I worked as a marketing rep and doing that, I got to be involved with like marketing contracts, um, endorsement deals and getting to see all those parts, but not getting it, being able to participate in them. And some of the mentors that I had while in that process were, and even in college were attorneys from North Carolina Central, especially um, Whitney Fry. She was one of like my greatest mentors and she really got me involved. She connected me with Dean Morgan and a few other people from the law school. And that really inspired me to go to law school. But then even in my personal story, so I have connections or most of my family is from Eastern North Carolina. And the only attorney from the area that we had was Frank Gaudet. And he is like generations before me. And the way that he has been spoken of, his reputation, just the resource that he was for our community is so profound. And that really made me want to 
be the same thing for my family and for that community as well. So that's how I ended up at Central and it was a great, great uh, opportunity for me. And I found a lot of space, uh, a lot of discovery in myself and I'm just really happy to have gone to Central. Great, I'll turn it red. Uh, at a kind of a young age, I was introduced to the law by a older cousin who was who is a retired judge now. She became the first black female judge in Denver, Colorado, Claudia Jordan. And she had an impact on my life at a young age. She would always, she had a passion for helping and trying to educate the youth. So she would always give me books. And one book that kind of solidified my journey to law school was Dream Makers and Dream Breakers by Carl Rowan. It was a book about Justice Thurgood Marshall. And it told his story to fight for a change, working with the NAACP to fight for change. And telling that journey and telling that story gave me the same inspiration that I can make a change through the law. And then coming in, visiting North Carolina Central, there are um, posters or pictures of Charles Hamilton Houston, which quotes his um, inspiration of if he, if he had to say he would have a change in the way the world is ran and using the law to do that. So having that inspiration at a young age and seeing that law can make a change gave me my inspiration to follow a career in law. So um, now, Cameron, I recall that you took a break between undergrad and, and coming to law school or going to law school. Can you talk a little bit about your decision to take some time off before uh, attending law school and then um, uh, Allison and Ashley, you both, I think, went straight through. And if you could talk about your decisions to do that. So Cameron, we'll start with you. Taking that year off, I had the year to go to law school and prepare for the LSAT, the exam needed to get into law school. But that year was, I still say, one of the most important years of my life, preparing me for law school, coming from high school, going straight to college, and then stepping out into the real world for a year you get to experience life. You get to see some of the hurdles and all the things that life has to throw at you. So that year I spent it with a lot of entrepreneurs with there and I, um, doing various businesses and also working in the school systems. So it was that connection with helping the youth and being able to work with entrepreneurs in those avenues where I was able to learn that how businesses grow and I hate to say it, the disconnect of what, what kids are experiencing in school and trying to connect that to life after school. But that was an eye-opening experience, which only helped motivated me to make that difference that I saw that could be done through the law. Excellent. Allison? So I took a year off after I graduated. So that was really kind of like a hustle year. So I was working as a marketing rep. I had a several jobs. I worked at David's Bridal. I did everything I could to just uh, really get out there and push myself as hard as I could. I was working, uh, working and studying for the LSAT and really just trying to prepare myself to go to law school somewhere. I really still didn't have it all kind of figured out. But I'm really glad I had that period of time to kind of ease into my decision and really just give myself time to figure it out. So picking um, like how to study for the LSAT, that was really tough for me or figuring out how to balance my time 
and figuring out how to, uh, I guess, like read critically and like think like a lawyer. That was something that was really important for me to, I guess, develop during that time. And then I had the blessing of being able to stay at home while I was able to do that and kind of give myself a little breathing room until I figured out what I was going to do next. And for me, um, I just went right into it. Um, I think initially I had the thought that if I stopped, I may not get back started. <laughs> so I wanted to keep on since I was the ball was already rolling with school just to keep it going. Um, but looking back, honestly, I wish I had taken off of a year. Um, my 1L year, I was did not do the best. I don't think I was mentally prepared for law school. Um, but like I said, I, I just, I kept going and two a year I came back with stronger force and I was ready, but I did just go ahead and take that hunch and just go with it right after undergrad. This is the uh, Legal Legal Review and we are talking with uh, three recent admittees to the North Carolina uh, Bar. Just uh, completed the, uh, successfully completed uh, the uh, Bar Examination. Uh, we will continue uh, this uh, discussion, but right now we're going to take a break and ask you to uh, stay with us and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Eagle Review. Thank you so very much for staying with us as we uh, continue our discussion with uh, three uh, recent admittees to the uh, North Carolina uh, legal profession, and uh, we are honored uh, that they would uh, take time to uh, join with us uh, this evening to talk about their uh, legal journey uh, as they prepare now to uh, make uh, major contributions to the uh, legal profession. Uh, we're talking with uh, attorney uh, Allison Newton, uh, attorney uh, Ashley Mitchell, and attorney Cameron Red. Um, I guess my, my question to you now is, you know, having to do with the legal education process uh, and if, if it was what you expected uh, it to, uh, to be and was it a worthwhile journey uh, along uh, with your growth and professional development? Either one of you can go first. So I think for me, I think it was kind of what I was expecting um, in some, in the best ways, it was what I was expecting because it did challenge me and it pushed me a lot. And where I thought I was the smartest thing, I realized I had a little bit more growing room and uh, a lot more people to challenge me and push me to be something better than I was. So I appreciated that. And, um, I think there was a lot of, or for me personally, I'm competitive and I was able to channel some of the things that could be negative into a more positive solution or something that I could use to make myself a little bit more successful or to grow myself in a way that I had not previously thought of. So for me, I think it was a really good experience of going to law school and to just open my mind to something I had never really considered before in a lot of different areas. There were so many areas of the law that I had never even thought about, um, but I was really glad to have the time to discover so much and even to take 
uh, trips to South Africa or like experiences that I never probably would have had had I not gone to law school. So for me, I can say it was a worthwhile experience and I'm really glad that I did. Mr. Red. I'll piggyback off of what Attorney Newton said about the challenge. It was what I expected in having to push myself, but the work that was required in pushing myself, I was, it was more, and I, it took some getting used to, to just understand the legal jargon, what was required of me. I knew it was going to be a challenge, but the hours that had to be spent preparing for class the next day, preparing for exams, going into the first year. It's like, how can all this go into my brain? But as you sit down to review it, study it, read it, go back over it, write it out, you become more comfortable with it. And then you take the exam and you say, oh my. <laughs> but then you, you receive your results and you come back and you sit for another semester. And you start that process all over again, reviewing, reading, going back to review, and then moving into the next years, you, you understand that you can do it. You gain confidence in yourself. You start to, you, you know, you, you believe from the beginning going in that it can be done, but now you take, you carry that belief and continue forward. But the workload, the amount of information, it's exciting to learn it all. Someone asked me, how do I feel about law school, I would tell them it's exciting. The journey going through is exciting. Even those shaky moments, even those long nights, the people you meet, the information you learn, it, it, become, it makes the entire experience an exciting experience. Attorney Mitchell, what would you add to that? Um, law school was not what I expected. Um, I believe as attorney Newton said, um, all throughout school, you know, school was pretty easy. I just sort of breezed through everything. Um, and then I hit law school and it hit me like a wrecking ball that I cannot just breeze through it. I actually had to study. So as I previously stated, um, one year was definitely rough for me having to, you know, pick it up and okay, Ash, get it together. You have to, you know, actually study, you have to read, you have to, you know, do things that's necessary to actually be a good student in law school. Um, it was, I definitely did not expect so many different areas of law. Um, that was um, something I was not used to. I came in wanting to be a criminal, you know, involved lawyer and having to do contracts and constitutional law and all the other things. It was like, wow, I didn't realize I would be learning this too. Okay. But um Definitely a worthwhile experience and extremely happy that I did it. Um, I feel very accomplished that I did it, but it was definitely not what I was expecting. <laughs> well, how, how, how did it change you or did it change you uh, in any way in terms of your perspective, in terms of your outlook, in terms of your uh, personality? Uh, what kind of growth uh, did, uh, did you uh, experience? So why don't we just you know, start back with Attorney Mitchell on that growth. Um, it made me more disciplined, um, making sure I woke up at the right time to start studying. Classes, I believe, were at 9 a.m. I was up at 7, making sure I got to class early so I could review my notes. That was something I never did before. Um, making you more time aware, making sure, you know, I know I have classes from this time to this time, from this time to this time, I'm going to be studying. And from this time to this time, I'm going to be doing this. So just being more organized, um, 
yeah, that was that was major for me personally, my growth. I was not an organized individual. So it made me pick it up. It made me pick it up. Okay, Attorney Newton. I think it may be a more global thinker. So I was able to, I guess, get a better picture or a better understanding of all the things that I like needed to do and why they were important. And especially like the why piece. A lot of times I felt like I was just kind of like moving forward, just running and chasing and hustling all the time, but never really taking a step back to look at, well, why is this important? Or why am I doing this? But I think having that kind of three-year period to really focus on like, why do these things matter? What are the importance in just, you know, a few small words, like separate but equal or something like that. Like, it really makes a difference when you start to think about what, what things mean or why they matter or why do you even care about them? So that was, I guess, the greatest thing that I took away from law school is really being able to think globally and then make solutions to make a better global picture for myself or make it line up with what I wanted to see in the world. Attorney Red. I'm going to touch on what uh, Attorney Mitchell and Attorney Newton have already said, starting with Attorney Mitchell, organization. The load is, the load is heavy in law school. And knowing when you have to do something, where you have to be, and do you have time for it, you have to start scheduling your, your tasks and making sure you put the right amount of time into it. And that, that also helped going into preparing for the bar exam, knowing how much time, how you're gonna split your day, when you're gonna take a shower, when you're gonna eat, scheduling those tasks makes the day a lot easier for you piggybacking off of what attorney Newton said, just having a broader mindset of what all the law touches. Um, I think attorney Mitchell said earlier that she wanted to do criminal law, but then had to learn about constitutional contracts, property. It, it shows you that law is touching everything and how will you play a role in using your legal degree to have an impact? Um, that growth and that global thinking just inspired me to want to do more and to help more people to allow them to see broader also. So with my growth, I would say the organization, having a broader mindset and wanting to share that broader mindset with others. Now, all of you have talked about um, challenges that you've experienced while you were in law school. Can you talk about the support that you received that was helpful in um, providing you with uh, either guidance or motivation to get through those tough times? What was really invaluable that, that helped to contribute to your success? I'll jump in and I'll say prayer. <laughs> prayer, me praying, my family members praying, but when it came to North Carolina Central School of Law, the professors and the support and their willingness to help you. I was told coming in my first year, go to your professors, ask the questions, let them tear you down so they can build you up. Have, having that experience and, you know, you're, you're, I hate to say it, you're fearful to go because you don't know. You don't know anything, but then you go into a professor's office and you start talking to them, you still don't know anything, but in your explaining to them of what you don't know, they're able to guide you and help you help you learn what you need to learn 
and also the connections that they help you with that that support letting them know like well should i be doing this should who should i talk to that guidance is very powerful and very helpful yeah i agree with uh mr red the professors and the academic support staff they were really helpful for me just to kind of ask questions and just ask any kind of question, not just, I guess, specifically like substantive questions, but really just figuring out how to be a law student and how to improve. But also, um, I think it was really important for me to be a part of Summer Start because that kind of gave me some like peer support where there were a lot of people who were going through the very same things that I was going through and I could talk to them about it or at least feel like there were other people that I could look around to, to uh, find support and also peer mentors. So people who are like maybe a year or two years ahead of me, just t- gaining all the knowledge I could from them was really helpful and gaining support from them. So I could go to them with my memo or like a question that I was afraid to ask my professor. I would go to them first and they would kind of give me a little, I guess, soft editing. And then I could go on to ask my professor or figure it out on my own. So that was uh, the best kind of support I guess I had. Um, As both Ms. Newton and Mr. Red have stated, um, support from family, um, prayers, community support, um, and my professors and peers at Central. um, In particular, one professor, like I said, one of you was stressful for me. Um, And I had a professor like pull me up, like almost fussing me out, like you need to get it together. And then she prayed for me. Um, Those type of relationships with our professors are are amazing. Um, Also peer support. One thing that I value with Central and our students is we we care about each other. Um, We, you know, share notes. We don't mind, you know, sharing our books if need be. We don't, you know, we're not, we're competitive, but we're not that competitive where we can't help each other. We know that we are all in this, you know, fight in this race together. So we help one another. And that was one of the main things that I loved about Central was community support. We loved and support each other. So you all have talked about the challenges and support. So can you share with us some of your most memorable uh, journey points. Uh, What stands out to you when you talk to people about those things that are highlights? Um, What comes to mind? I'll jump in. Um, As I stated, the most memorable was when I went to, it was Professor Davis. I went to her office, one year, I was struggling. Um, I believe I was on academic probation. Like it was, it was real one L year for me. And I went to her office and she gave me some tough love. <laughs> she told it to me how I needed to hear it. Like, if you don't get your act together, you will be out of here. Um, she pulled me up and then I broke down to her office and then she just like wrapped her arms around me and just started praying for me. Um, that in itself was just, it was everything I needed in that moment um, to, to get myself back on the right tra- track. And after that, it was like, I'm in go mode. And ever since then, I've been, you know, I, I did well, but that for me was my most memorable moment. And that was like the true support that I witnessed and, you know, got from Central myself. Um, I guess one of the memorable experiences was uh, getting published on my review. So that was a really tough process because I felt like I was kind of alone and by myself. So I was stuck in the library for like 
weeks and weeks and weeks re- reviewing cases and reading all this stuff that never kind of all, it didn't always make a whole lot of sense, but, and it was during the winter break. So I spent a lot of time while everybody else was like gone, just at the law school by myself. And it was probably only me and Officer Martin there uh, reviewing <laughs> and reading cases, just trying to figure out what to do. And for that to pay off, I guess, in the next semester, I found out that I got published. And that was a really rewarding experience to know that I had like gained something from all the struggle or challenge that I've experienced. And I felt like I was doing it all by myself, but it was actually worth worth something and worth somebody's time to read. So that really made me feel really good. For me, it was the most, I don't know if I have a most memorable, but it was the memorable moments that came for me when we had different events and they were surrounded with people who wanted to help you. Um, it was often, there was often food at those events, but <laughs> the, com- the conversations at those events are what helped broaden me because the classroom is one thing you're you're learning in the classroom but when attorneys come back to visit and want to share what they're doing now and their experiences having those conversations with them broadens your perspective of what you can do with the law so my memorable moments are surrounded around those networking events different organizations bringing in different attorneys and different that have done that have traveled different walks of life in their legal career and come back to share those moments and kind of it's inspirational to hear their stories and to see where your path can go so that i would say though that is a collaboration of my most memorable moments well you know for the last uh three years uh, uh each of you have been in a kind of a, a bubble uh, you've been uh, away from uh, the real world uh, and problems and issues. Uh, what have you uh, discovered uh, has changed in the world uh, since you have uh, gone to, uh, to law school? But we're going to take our break uh, before you answer that. So we'll give you a couple of seconds to, uh, to think about it. And uh, to our audience, uh, we're talking with uh, three recent uh, admittees to the North Carolina uh, Bar, and they are talking about uh, their experiences in uh, in law school that has led them to uh, the uh, point that they are now. We're going to take our break. We'll be right back, so stay with us. I'm Nastasia Harris a third-year law student at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and this is your Virtual Justice Spotlight. Approximately 44 million Americans have student loans and owe about $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. Although private student loans account for about 8% of all student loans in the United States, most student loans, about 92%, are owned by the U.S. Department of Education. According to the U.S. Department of Education, 43 million Americans alone owe federal student loans and account for approximately $1.5 trillion of the total student loan debt. If you have student loan debt, you are probably aware that the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, also known as the CARES Act, gives temporary payment relief to borrowers with qualifying federal student loans. Under the CARES Act, 
Federal student loan payments are suspended through an administrative forbearance. The interest rate on those loans are 0%, meaning you could potentially pay off your debt faster, and collection activities for defaulted student loans are suspended. The CARES Act suspended principal and interest payments on federally held student loans through September the 30th, 2020. However, pursuant to a recent executive order, the Department of Education has extended the suspension period until December 31st, 2020. Student loan relief under the CARES Act only applies to loans held by the United States Department of Education. They do not apply to private, Perkins, and commercially held FFEL loans. It is important that if you have a loan that is ineligible for relief under the CARES Act, you should contact your loan provider. Many private lenders have already implemented forbearance options that allows borrowers to postpone monthly payments. More information is at studentaid.gov, consumerfinance.gov, and ftc.gov. Virtual justice at NCCU School of Law is the intersection of technology and the legal clinical program. I'm Nastasha Harris. Thanks for listening. Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Legal Review, where we are continuing our conversation with uh, attorney uh, Ashley uh, Mitchell, uh, attorney Allison Newton, and attorney Cameron Redd. Uh, each of them have uh, successfully passed the North Carolina bar exam and uh, now are new attorneys uh, in the uh, state of North Carolina, uh, fulfilling the uh, first rung of uh, their professional uh, journey. And uh, when we took our break, I was asking them uh, to kind of talk about uh, the changes in the world around them uh, that, uh, that, they've, uh, that, that they've seen over the uh, past uh, three years while they were in the law school bubble. So Attorney Newton, you want to start us with that one? Okay. I guess what I have seen is, well, I have noticed more things or been able, more aware of politics and just like life in general, where I probably would have passed it off or just, you know, quick glanced at it and never really given it a deeper thought. But I think um, it was an interesting time to go to law school, especially in 2017, right after the election, because there were just so many things that unfolded right after the 2016 election. So for me, uh, I grew up in Raleigh. So that's a very, to me, it's a more political kind of like community and neighborhood. But even seeing the politics in Raleigh just kind of unfold in ways that I didn't expect um, was something that was interesting to me, especially when in law school, we got to participate in like voter rights. Um, amendment for Florida, but that was something that's a huge issue right here in North Carolina, and then making decisions about um, photo IDs and how impactful that was, and it still is impactful. So um, there are a lot of different things that are coming to the surface or have come to the surface for me, I guess, year after year, and has made my law school experience, I guess, that more, that much more important because there are so many people that need these resources that need to know the information that we have to share, and they're right in our communities. And so it's a perfect time to be a resource for our communities, especially communities of color that may not have access to um, 
the information or the resources resources to go to an attorney, especially like for my family, I know that they didn't have that and I didn't have that. So now that I have these tools, I can go out and share that with my community and help them to protect themselves and even prevent some of the things that are happening to them uh, beforehand. Attorney Mitchell. Um, I agree with um, Attorney Newton. Um, before law school, politics wasn't really my cup of tea. I, I just overlooked it. Um, but after going to law school, realizing and understanding what's happening in, in the world and in our society is pretty amazing. Um, like I stated before, I'm from Elizabeth City. Um, before going to law school or going to school, I never realized like the amount of prejudice and things here. But now like seeing this election is bringing out sort of the ugly in people um, is, is pretty interesting. And as she stated as well, with the voting rights and things that are happening, like you read these stories and you're like, oh, that doesn't happen at home. Like that doesn't happen here. But then you realize, oh, wow, it's definitely happening here. <laughs> this is this is where it's taking place. And um, like I said, seeing seeing that unfold is is pretty interesting. And I'm happy I'm actually, you know, able to do something about it right now. Um, as um, Attorney Newton also stated, being able to have the resources and being able to share that with our communities um, is very, very important. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to start this fight, <laughs> to, to be a part of this fight. Attorney Red, I don't know if it's the change or if I'm able to see things more clear now, but just coming from something simple as uh, property and how land was distributed and how that has an effect on us today. Being able to you know, see those things more clear, even when you're just in your car, you understand why certain establishments are where they are, why this is an industrial area and the communities that surround it. So seeing things more clear is what I would say, I don't know, it may not have changed in the world, but it has changed from my perspective to understand the placement and the reason why certain things are happening. Uh, I, having discussion about the political climate today, I often tell people that there can be a discriminatory effect, but there also, you have to prove intent. Mm -hmm. So you can see the effect all day, but you, it's hard to make that change if you can't prove the intent. And just being able to know that, yes, this is happening, but you, there's more steps to it for us to create the change that is needed. So seeing clear is what has changed for me and seeing these effects that are happening. Uh, Attorney Red, you talked about collaboration having been something that you were delighted to see and experience while you were in law school. And you, as well as Attorney Newton and Attorney Mitchell, were involved in extracurricular activities. Can each of you just kind of share some of the um, uh, organizations that you were involved with while you were in law school? And Attorney Red, we'll start with you. Well, one of the organizations that helped me stay grounded was the Christian Legal Society, which opened it up to everyone, but it was just a faith-based group where we were able to express our struggles and relate that to the word of Christ and see how we could grow and how we were growing and how we could overcome those struggles. But another organization was the International Law Society, which uh, I have to thank Professor Joyner 
for kind of sparking that in me. And with my first out of the country trip to South Africa, being able to look back at Western society and compare Western society sparked a whole new light inside of me, being able to just see what effects that the Western society media has on other cultures around the world. And after that experience, I was privileged to expend a summer abroad in India um, that further developed just a broader perspective of how much Western culture has on us. And I was able to bring that back to promote it through the International Law Society of showing others just the opportunities that were provided to travel abroad and to learn more of the world. Attorney Mitchell? Um, I was involved with um, the Women's Law Caucus. Um, I love that group. It was um, a very diverse group that came together and, you know, appreciated women in law. Um, it was, I, I felt like it was at home. Um, outside of that, I was involved more so with things outside of law school. Um, I co-founded along with my sisters and nonprofit that encouraged education. It's called I Empower. Um, we encourage education, civic engagement, leadership and service. Um, that was my opportunity to sort of connect things that I had learned, you know, throughout my years, but specifically at law school with the youth here in Elizabeth City. Um, that's what took up a lot of my time outside of law school. Yeah, that's that was what I was involved in. <laughs> Attorney Newton. I was involved in, uh, well, I was really proud to be involved with the virtual justice project, especially working Wednesday nights and doing the Know Your Rights series, because that was a way we could get out all the information that we were learning to a lot of different people. And it was free and everybody could come. So I would invite people on the street. If I found them at the barbershop or hair salon, I could invite them. And that was a really good way for me to connect the law school with the community. But outside of that, I was involved in the Black Student uh, Law Student Association. Um, that gave me a lot of really great opportunities to uh, participate with the community as well, especially um, working on, I think it was Amendment 4 in Florida with the voting rights thing and um, the packing party, working with the homeless or working at the Boys and Girls Club uh, for their Halloween party. I was also a part of um, the Native American Law Student Society, so I got to participate in the relaunch of that organization, and then they did a campus-wide, and they still do a campus-wide powwow, which was really great for me because my Native American Studies professor in college was the one who inspired me, well, was one of the people who inspired me to go to law school as well, and he was actually able to participate. Um, I was also involved in LARVIEW and a number of different organizations uh, on campus. And I think I spent my time being really busy in law school, but I'm really happy I got to participate in so many different things. So what, what does the future hold for you? Where, 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 now, now that you have this license, you are off now on the good foot. Uh, what is it that, uh, that you see yourself doing? Uh, in the uh, immediate future uh, with all of this new uh, authority and responsibility. Right. So I think, well, at the immediate future, I am just trying to reflect and kind of catch my breath for now. And I'm doing a few uh, freelance projects, but I'm not exactly sure what my 
in total future will look like. I know I will be doing law. I don't know how I will be using it to help my community, but I know that it's something that's really important to me. So I'm taking the time. So whether that be starting my own thing or working with someone else, um, just taking the time to really figure that out and feel, try to feel out what is good for me or what is best for me to do and, and, and where I'm able to learn as much as I can. For me, I've, we've put together a business plan to start a firm. So I'll be hanging a shingle, RS Legal Group. Um, and within the coming months, we, put, we plan to start off uh, general practice, doing a little bit of everything. But one of the things we look to move into is real estate and helping with the divide there and showing people the opportunities that can be presented in real estate. But yes, yeah, starting a firm to help a little bit of everyone and grow. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about, the growth that is possible with that. Um, in the immediate future, beginning this week, I'll be um, working with Forward Justice and joining the fight for voting rights um, and protecting the rights of those who are trying to vote. Um, outside of that, <laughs> outside of that, I will be continuing my work with I Am Power, um, furthering the education of our youth, um, trying to expand our community and getting them up to par on certain issues, social issues, leadership, um, just providing opportunity and resources that I know I personally didn't have here in Elizabeth City. Um, and that's that's all I got for right now. We'll see. <laughs> that's well, a lot. Professor Dawson, it, it looks like uh, they have a, uh, a uh, full agenda ahead of them after a very uh, exciting three-year uh, hiatus uh, of sort uh, to uh, learn uh, the uh, about the practice of, uh, of law. I know that when uh, I, I, I can always remember when uh, I passed the bar oh, and yes. uh, got that letter that mm -hmm. uh, you were uh, afraid to open uh, initially and would hold it up to the light to see what uh, the first <laughs> sentence uh, had to uh, had to say, and it was a uh, certainly a lifting of a lot of weight off of your shoulder with people around you with eager anticipation. And uh, Professor Dollar, I know that you went through pretty much the uh, the same thing uh, when you passed the bar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and what's so wonderful hearing. Um, folks talk about new admittees kind of talking about their journey is so much of that journey was experienced by, you know, everyone who went to law school. And so kind of um, you're part of a, um, of a group who, because law school is one of those things where you can't really understand and appreciate it until you actually have to go through it. And the same is true with the bar exam, which kind of leads me to this, I guess, last quest question is, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in going to law school, kind of recognizing that you never really know what it's like, but uh, can you offer any suggestions or words of wisdom to maybe someone who is just starting law school or who is considering going to law school? And Attorney Newton, let's start with you. Okay, uh, I guess the one piece of advice I could give is just start. So no matter how scared you are or how inadequate you might think you are, you might not have all the applications or everything or every T cross, just start. 
because in the end you will find you'll find your way through it and you will accomplish what you want to do if you just take the time to start and believe in yourself and keep going no matter how hard it gets or how much you think it's not going to work or if you think it's going to fail just do it anyway and see where it lands out attorney mitchell i would say um Take your time and mentally prepare yourself. Don't take too much time because, you you know, you definitely want to get started and all that good stuff, but definitely mentally prepare yourself. I know you will never be 100% prepared. I don't think anyone was 100% prepared, Um, but make sure that you are in it for the right reasons and go at it with full force when you do. Attorney Red. If you put in the work then you have nothing to worry about. Um, from starting out, you 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 don't want to leave your books because you don't know if you are putting in enough time. But if you're putting in the time, you don't have to question the results. So even that starts from your one L year to your three year to your first year of law school to your third year of law school, and especially happens during the bar. Put in the work, and then you have nothing to worry about on the back end. But you may not have it coming in, but self-discipline. That's going to be a big part, something you're going to have to develop. As as I said before, putting in the work that you need to will come with the self-discipline. So just prepare yourself to buckle down, be disciplined, and it will help you grow as a person to know that you've sacrificed so much to reach the goals that you've set. All right. Well, excellent. Wonderful words of wisdom and advice from all three of you and Professor Joyner and I and the entire NCCU law community cannot express enough how proud we are of you. Uh, And we know that you all have great things in your future. Thank you so much for being a part of of our family and um, representing us so well. Unfortunately, we're out of time and we'd like to thank our wonderful recent graduates and successful NC bar takers, attorney Ashley Mitchell, attorney Allison Newton and attorney Cameron Red. And we'd also like to thank you, our listening audience for spending your Sunday evening with us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any comments or questions or if there's a topic you'd like for us to cover, please send us an email. You can reach us at legaleagoreview at nccu.edu. And if you ever miss this show on Sunday, you can find the show on the Legal Eagle Review podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.
fascinating discussion. Thank you both. Attorney Don Blagrove, who is the executive director of Emancipate North Carolina and a proud graduate of NCCU School of Law, and Ujamu Dillahunt Holloway, who is a PhD student in history at the University of Michigan and a proud graduate of NCCU. And we would also like to thank you, as always, our listening audience, for spending your Sunday evening with us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any comments or questions, or if there's a topic you'd like for us to cover, please send us an email. You can reach us at legaleaglereview at nccu.edu. And if you ever miss this show on Sunday, you can find the show on our Legal Eagle Review podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.